0: Good afternoon and welcome to the Jason Rancho on AM 770 KTTH streaming on the KTTH smartphone app on this Friday afternoon. A group of elementary students, elementary students, got into a gun battle on campus in Des Moines. And that is what's trending.
1: What's trending? Crime. Just
0: let this sink in for a moment. Again, regardless of where you live, because as everyone knows, The crime crisis, homelessness, drug addiction, it's not just a Seattle issue. It's happening everywhere. I want you to just sit with this for a moment, okay? The crime crisis is so bad that elementary students got into a shootout. Elementary students. Now, luckily, school doesn't actually start until next week which cut down on the possibility of this being some kind of mass casualty event. This was a shootout between two groups of boys, two apiece, so two versus two. It happened just west of the elementary school buildings. This was happening on the play field, according to the Des Moines PD. And after this shootout, of which we don't know how it started... Why it started. The field was littered with shell casings. You no, know, that's awful. That's awful. It's kind of scary. Too. It's scary. It's scary. And also, just being in the neighborhood is really scary. Just being in this neighborhood, she tells Como TV, is just really scary. Again, how often have we played clips similar to that, regardless of the city? We've heard clips like that out of Bellingham, out of Tacoma, Olympia. Seattle, Burien, Spokane, the list goes on and on. In fact, it would take me less time to list the cities with residents who don't say that. Because I think I can name maybe three. Maybe. Republic, Ford, and no, just two. Yeah, I can't think of a third. Those are the only two? Yeah, those are the only two. I was going to maybe say uh, Battleground, but I feel like we've done a story out of Battleground kind of recently. Now, the two pairs of suspects ended up fleeing after shooting at each other, none of whom were hit. Either as a result of bad aim or, you know, when your target is small as an elementary student would be, it's much harder to hit. Thankfully, no one was killed. Now, one of the pairs, or at least one of the kids who was involved, ran into some woman who was just getting home from work. She was pulling in with her car. I guess they asked her for a ride before then trying to get into the car. That, according to the woman. However, she says, I'm not really a victim here. He
1: asked for a ride, and I said no. And you want to clarify? And I want to clarify, he did not attempt to carjack me. No, That's what I want to clarify.
0: Okay, thank you for clarifying that. I mean, we got to make sure that we're on the same page when dealing with a group of young kids who are shooting at each other. There there was, they tried to get into your car, but that's not an attempted car. Okay, got it. I'm just, I want to make sure we're on the same page. Now, the other two suspects, I guess, according to the police, they fled the elementary school in a different direction. One went north, one went south. Now, the police say they think they know who the juvenile suspects are. Originally, it was reported that these were teenagers, but the Des Moines PD said they're believed to be middle school aged. Now, if cops arrived and was able to grab one of the suspects while the other three fled, they could not talk to that kid because he's a minor until a lawyer arrived. A lawyer, of course, would say, do not talk to the popo. And the kids wouldn't actually talk to them. Now, why might that be important? Well, maybe they'll tell them where the other kid is going so they can go ahead and arrest the other kid who has a gun, who poses an obvious danger. We know exactly why this is happening and we can point to many policies, not even just the one I I said, any policy that says we're not going to put. Young people in jail, instead we're going to put them into restorative justice programs where they sing kumbaya around a fireplace. Maybe they go to scofflaw summer camp. That's about as bad as it'll get, regardless, it seems, of the crime that they are allegedly committing. We know that we have an entire movement of no-youth jail. Heck, during the, the, the BLM riots, I was there for this one in Seattle. They burned... The structures around the new to be built facility for youth, the quote unquote youth jail, which ended up getting abandoned, abandoned as a project because of King County Executive Dal Constantine placating the mob. These kids know what's going on. They know that they're not going to suffer any consequences. That's why they do this. And again, I'm willing to bet, even though we're not supposed to say this because I guess it's racist or something. I don't even know the race of the kids. But we're not supposed to say that they probably come from broken homes. We're supposed to completely ignore the family issues that are usually happening when it comes to situations like this. Put our heads down, move on, pretend this isn't an issue. Pretend that we don't have a crime crisis that is in particularly in particular We're seeing it rise amongst youth. We're not supposed to acknowledge that. We're not supposed to admit it. We're not supposed to say anything. Head down, eyes down. Don't make eye contact with another lawmaker. They don't want to admit what's going on because they know that they're responsible. They may not have pulled the trigger, but they created the environment in which young people and old seem to think that they can pull the trigger without getting into any trouble. And the truth is, they're right more times than they're wrong. Let's find out what else is trending.
1: What's trending?
0: You can't make this up. So there were some stories this week, one in particular that I chose to ignore. I didn't find it particularly interesting. It was Big Mario's North Lake reopening. They've been closed down for about seven months. They've been going through renovations. And supposedly this place is legendary. I've never heard of it. It's one of the city's oldest pizza joints. Okay, pizza's pizza. Fine. But we don't do press release radio. I don't like press release radio. I find it to be lazy. I find it to be boring. Quick note, my book, What's Killing America, comes out soon, and you should pre-order it at Amazon, which helps my ego and my bank account because I got paid and everything. And it comes out on September 26th, which means today is the official day of book release month. Back to the show. I hate press release radio. But I do like this story, like in air quotes, because less than 12 hours after it reopened, it got robbed. The timing, you're like, wow, day one. This is it. One day of business and here we go. Welcome to being open. Welcome to being opened in Seattle. That is the co-owner, speaking with Como TV, Jason Lajones. He's the co-owner of Big Mario's North Lake and He just got a wonderful reminder of what it's like to do business. I mean, he might have not been doing much the last seven months. He just needed a quick refresher on what it's like to operate a business here. It sidetracked a few of the things that we'd hoped to accomplish before opening on day two. Uh, Suddenly we're cleaning up class and and getting the contractors here. Yep. Got caught on surveillance. Someone broke in, stole over a thousand dollars. This guy is seen scaling the side of the building. He apparently broke out the window to the upstairs office. He then gets inside. He goes to the safe, which I am I guess wasn't actually closed. They didn't seal the safe. And he ended up stealing the opening day revenue. Obviously, this is a, a tough time for everybody trying to do business in the city of Seattle. Indeed, it is. And yet... Don't hear a whole lot of city leaders saying anything other than Sarah Nelson, a council member, who happens to be a business owner. She understands what's going on. She talks about this all the time. She's someone who is an outlier on this council. She seems to care. But everybody else, again, stay silent, head down, don't make eye contact with each other. You might feel a sense of shame. There might be this like look you give, a knowing look that they give to each other of like, yeah, we did this. So they try to avoid eye contact. God forbid they talk to people that they represent because they might actually hear folks say, "Uh, things aren't going so well. Could you do something? And we know that they can because the reason why we're in this position, as I say, policy decisions that were made both on a local level and a state level. And heck, let's throw in the county as well. We can point to these things. Again, it's pretty obvious. Now, Melissa is a regular customer. She said she's going to put on some weight in support of this business.
1: I feel we'll probably order another pizza. (laughs) Um, It's disappointing for sure.
0: She then ate the whole pizza, which she then called disappointing for sure. Is that not funny, the way she phrased that?
1: I guess, yeah, you can, you can interpret how she it phrased this? I feel we'll probably order another pizza. <laughs> it's disappointing, for sure.
0: We'll order another pizza. We're dis- It's disappointing, for sure. I never liked this joint, but I might as well give them some extra money because they're the victims of doing business in Seattle.
1: Maybe she's disappointed in herself for wanting to stuff her face.
0: Nah, she didn't look disappointed after she stuffed her face. Just saying. I do now want pizza. So after this, they opted for credit card-only transactions as of today. I don't know how long they're going to do that. Thankfully, they don't operate under the jurisdiction of the King County Council because that would be illegal. Which, by the way, at the time that the King County Council decided to ban any business from only accepting credit card because equity... Businesses stepped forward and said, don't do this. We are concerned that you're forcing us to carry cash when we know we're going to be burglarized. You're putting us at risk of additional break-ins. We're already dealing with all of that. But now you're putting our staff on the line. Because they're going to be here when that robber comes over and steals from us. Holding a gun to one of the staff members' heads. Now, there's no suspect that has been named here. We kind of got a good look at who is responsible, not direct, but got enough to, if we were able to spot this guy in the future, maybe we can point to him and say, hey, he's the dude who's responsible. He doesn't like pizza. He's a sub kind of guy. Do you think you target the businesses you like or the businesses you don't like? Why would you target the businesses you like? Because they have the money, including some of yours that you gave to them.
1: I don't know. If you like the pizza, I don't think I would necessarily want to rob the place. If you didn't like the pizza or you got a hair in your food once, I'd be more motivated to rob a place like that.
0: Don't put it out there and imply that they had hair in their food. We don't know that.
1: I'm just saying that's an example he of He was rude disc- to you
0: on the phone and now you're just calling him out. Okay, he was rude to me on the phone. Was he rude to you or was he rude to me through you?
1: Yeah. It wasn't the guy. It wasn't the guy from the cuts. It was the manager, not the, the other guy. But he was, oh, okay. yeah, very rude.
0: Always go to the top, then don't go to the manager. Always Look. go to the top. Noted. Push the button.
1: What's trending? Legal.
0: Pierce County Sheriff's Department said a suspect stole a Kia at gunpoint and then fled from police who couldn't pursue because of the Democrat ban on vehicular pursuits. There wasn't uh, apparently a way to establish the gun was used at the time, so they weren't able to pursue. A little bit confusing. But we now have more information on this. We talked to you about this story two days ago. The suspect's name is Miraz Carmona. And as we told you, deputies spotted this woman in a parking lot after they had learned that she was a suspected car thief. They ended up approaching her. And she ends up stealing, allegedly, someone else's car in the process. It was caught on body cam footage.
1: Okay, whose car is this? Uh, I have no idea. Okay, who's that girl? She's going to try to take her car. Yeah, no, she took it.
0: I like how she screams like she's the victim here. She screams, Did she think that maybe the deputies were, oh, we must have the wrong person. This must be her car. This is the way that she's screaming. Like she's the one being attacked here. She seems unstable, which <laughs> based on that scream. I think that's a fair assessment. <laughs> so she ends up driving off. She ends up, according to the deputies, assaulting them in the process with the car. Now, good news, good news. Good news, number one, they weren't injured. Good news number two, that assault gave them the ability to legally pursue, which is exactly what they did. And they ended up making an arrest where she also yelled like a crazy person again. Get on the ground! Get on the ground! It's a in you! She screams like such a girl. Oh, she's... Oh, never mind. So, prosecutors charge her with two counts of assault in the second degree, theft of a motor vehicle, attempting to elude a police vehicle, and unlawful possession of a stolen vehicle. She is pleaded not guilty. And, of course, because what state do we live in? Washington. Washington State. And do we do bail in Washington State very often? Not usually. No, not usually. She was released on her own personal recognizance. Please show up when you're supposed to. We'll release you. It's all good. Now, I made a vow that whenever I can, I will find the name of the people responsible when they do things like this. And as always, I say, if there's something we're missing, dear judge or commissioner or whomever, let us know. And I'll happily report anything you'd like me to. Because I would love to know the justification behind these, what appear to be, boneheaded, dangerous moves. Now, in this case, Superior Court Commissioner Barbara McInvale was responsible. And just so we're all on the same page, because maybe I've mispronounced her name. It's M-C-I-N-V-A-I-L-L-E. Let us all know who she is. Let us all know that she was responsible for releasing the suspect without bail. Now, she's not a judge. She's a commissioner. She's an employee of the court who, under certain circumstances, can make decisions like this one. I don't know anything about her, other than she doesn't appear to be a very good commissioner. Certainly not one that cares about us more than she does about the suspect, the accused. Now, part of the requirements for Maraz Carmona's release was that she would report to these pre-trial services within 24 hours of this commissioner saying, oh, don't worry, we take you uh, at your word. I'm sure you'll show back up. Just, you know, just come on by 24 hours from now. We're going to arrange some appointments with you so, you know, we can keep you in the system, make sure you're staying out of trouble. And because we live in what state? Washington. It doesn't do very often what? Said bail. This woman chose, according to the police, according to the sheriff's department, not to show up. Shocking, I know. I, too, am shocked. So she did not show up. Now the prosecuting attorney's office, they are seeking a warrant for an arrest. My presumption is they get it. My presumption is they don't find her. Although she is clearly there's something wrong there. So maybe she does stay in the area. If I were her, I would flee. But I'm not her. You know how I know that? How do you know that? Because gender is real and I'm not a lady. Duh. Oh. Do I scream like that? You've heard me scream. Uh, have I? I scream at you all the time. Okay. Well, that's you know, more of a shriek. Okay. Fine. Push the button.
1: What's trending? The sports ball.
0: Coach Joe Kennedy is back tonight, coaching in Bremerton at Bremerton High School. Years after being wrongly fired for praying, if only he wasn't a Christian, if he was Muslim, I was going to say Jewish, probably they wouldn't count there either. But if he were Muslim, if he were Hindu, if he was a Satanist doing some sort of weird spiritual thing, he would have been treated as a hero. He would have been celebrated because equity. But because he's Christian, he was demonized, he was ultimately fired. Now, everyone knew he couldn't do it, but what state do we live in? Washington. And what do judges really not care about? Say constitutional rights. Constitutional rights. Precisely. Good, good, good answer. And every single lower court sided against him until it goes to the Supreme Court, U.S. Supreme Court, and they said, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, we're not down with the taking away people's religious liberties thing. I know that that's kind of popular and the the fad on the left. Yeah, we're not down right now. And so they ruled in his favor. He ends up getting his job back. Now, between 2015 and 2023, that's a lot of years to go by. And he spoke with the Associated Press and said that after he's been fighting to be rehired, he's not actually sure he wants to do this job anymore. He, th- he thinks it's just the idea of kneeling again in the spotlight is not the best feeling in the world that he could
1: have? I wish I could say that it was easy. Um, you know, looking back, it, it's been a long road and many heartbreaking years. But, you know, it's great that it, it's finally worked out. But it's been tough. Everybody that's been supporting me and praying for me across the United States, I mean, that was millions of people. That's what kept me going and, and kept me in this fight.
0: And I imagine he's feeling a lot of pressure right now. Right, seven years later, he's actually moved with his wife to Florida. He's right now staying with a friend in Bremerton. This was a part-time job that gave him less than $5,000. So what does he do now? My guess is after tonight, he doesn't return. Tonight will be a symbolic return, one that I think is incredibly important. I know that he views it as important as well. He stood up for what was right. This wasn't just about him. This was about the issue. This was about religious liberties. And if not for his sacrifices, if not for having to deal with the limelight or the spotlight, having to go through a years-long legal process, we would have fewer religious liberties in this country. But he stood up. He said, no, I'm not going to allow this. And he ends up winning and we're all better off
1: because of it. When I first, uh, you know, had to bring the lawsuit, it was only asking for two things. And it was to be able to be a coach and to be able to pray after a football game. The only thing I asked for, that's what they've given me back. And I'm looking forward to doing that on a Friday night.
0: A Friday night, singular. (laughs) After this, he's gone. And by the way, that makes total sense. He's already moved on. He's in a different state now. What is he supposed to do, commute for the games? He's the assistant coach. He's not even the main coach.
1: Running backs coach is what they yeah. said. So he's a good guy.
0: Well, I've gotten to know him over the years. He's been on the show many times. We connect every so often. Very good guy. And I'm glad that he won. I'm glad that the school district here and school districts all around the country are put on notice. Yeah, you don't get to discriminate against people because you don't happen to like their religious display. If you want to send me a text, you are listening to The Jason Ranch Show. Welcome back to The Jason Ranch Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really do appreciate it. Today, judging at least by comments made by President Biden based on his statement, both the way he delivered it he must have. He had a little bit of a pep in his step today. He must have had his uh, daily transfusion of blood from baby chickens. I went with chickens this time. Last time it was hippopotami.
1: But I thought you said puppies.
0: No, also puppies. I don't remember you saying
1: hippopotami.
0: I said hippopotami, and then you gave me a look, and I said, "I think that's how you say the plural of hippopotamus." Oh, that's what that was about. But I wasn't certain. It could be hippopotamuses. I, I honestly don't know. Uh, in any case, only little chicklets had to die this time. Is that, is that blood the, the energy. good though? I don't know. Okay, well, fair enough. I mean, he seemed relatively okay. Although I will say this, judging by the way he was talking about the economic news today, you would think it was a hugely successful economic news
1: day. Now, unemployment and the unemployment rate has been below fourteen percent
0: for more, the last ducks. nineteen no, duck months. Blood.
1: The longest stretch in over 50 years. No
0: more puppies. We've recovered all the jobs lost during the pandemic. We've added a million more new jobs. Wow. It's a ton of jobs he created. Of course, when he says created, he means jobs that came back after they were shut down by the government. And he's pretending that these were not pre existing jobs. He actually created new ones. I mean, of course, everything he just said there was uh, partially a lie and partially disingenuous. Because the unemployment rate rose to 3.8%. I mean, did you get the sense that anything bad happened today?
1: Did not get that sense.
0: But you do know that it rose to 3.8%? I'm aware. That's not a positive. No. No. And that we added 187,000 jobs, jobs, which is, I mean, better than zero, not as high as they thought, especially when you consider they revised down the last two months of new jobs. We went down in total 110,000 jobs over the last two months. So they were wrong with those numbers. But again, you wouldn't get that sense from the president, who, of course, didn't take any questions from the press. So we wouldn't be, you know, asked to explain that part. The last two months are seeing a revision Of three digits, minus 110,000, and we know that there has been benchmark revisions. Yep, that's CNBC's Rick Santelli. The deterioration is large. The significantly large revisions make me nervous. It it really uh, distorts the kind of view that we have and how much we've slowed over the last several-plus months. Now, at the same time, inflation ticked up again, and thanks to high prices, high interest rates... The consumer confidence index took a pretty big tumble. Analysts thought it would be at one sixteen, up from one fourteen, but it went down to one oh six point one, which is also my favorite radio station. I'm kidding. I don't know what that is.
1: Wait, no, is there that's a radio on, station. That 106.1? used to be isn't that Kiss one oh six point one? I don't know. I don't remember. I don't listen. I only to the listen, to this station. I listen to this station all day.
0: Inflation ro- uh, rose 02 percent. Prices year over year are 3.3% higher. And we're talking about groceries getting hit. We're talking about gas going up. I mean, just looking at groceries, your grocery bill year over year is 3.5% over what it was. Gas prices increased by 0.3%. The Biden administration is hoping you cherry pick the details out of the gas prices, because even though it's up from where it just was, they're all like, well, it's not as high as the record high that we pretended wasn't a record high. I mean, it's not that bad. Here's Lale Brainard. National Economic Council director on CNBC. The
1: president uh, took very strong actions when uh, prices at the bump spiked earlier. They've come down uh, very substantially. But we're going to keep our eyes on those gas prices uh, because they do matter so much for American families.
0: I I agree with that. That's why we keep an eye on those gas prices, like in Washington, where the average cost is $5.09 a gallon, which is above the national average significantly above the national average of just over $3. And, of course, we'll be fair to the Biden administration. The only reason it's so high in Washington state are those greedy oil companies. Oh, my God. Have you heard that the oil companies are greedy and it's price gouging? Have you heard? Have you heard? Did you hear that? You I've heard. heard. Well, yeah. At
1: least that's what Jay Inslee says. Yeah, yeah. I know. And
0: why would he lie? Uh, Dr. Kim Schreier, who's a doctor, if you didn't know, she said this for a while now. I mean, she was saying this during the midterm elections. Greedy, price-gouging oil companies, which sure somehow managed to get the cost of gas in Idaho down to $4.16. But still, maybe they're just slightly less greedy in Idaho. It's the same oil company. Okay. Never mind. Maybe the gas tax and the carbon fees, maybe that does impact the price of gasoline. I'm just throwing it out there. Don't, Don't hate me, Jay Inslee. I I want so badly to trust that you would never ever ever in a million years lie to us in ways that are politically advantageous to you and your cause and your end goal of getting people out of cars. I I don't want to believe that you're lying. Because you seem like such an honest guy. Like the most he's the honestiest of honest. Did you know that?
1: I know that now. Yeah. I thought he
0: was up there. He's at the top. He's up as high as he can go. He would never lie to us. I mean, except for that whole thing about never wanting to tax us, and then immediately taxing us once he got into office. Uh, but we'll push that aside because we got a lot of other issues that are problematic. Joe Biden is in kind of a t- kind of a tough spot. I laugh a little bit because I find it funny because today was the deadline for New Hampshire to come into compliance with the DNC, the Democrat National Committee. They have a new nomination. Calendar. It moves New Hampshire and Iowa as the first two to have their primaries or caucus and have South Carolina go up first because South Carolina has a larger uh, black population. Although, when you compare it to New Hampshire and Iowa, which I think their black population is maybe three, literally just three people there, South Carolina is a lot more diverse. And the Democrats want it to happen in South Carolina that Joe Biden gets the first win because it shows that they care about black people. I mean, they don't actually have to show they care about black people, certainly don't have to show results. But they think by focusing on South Carolina that it somehow shows that they care about black people. But in New Hampshire, the Democrat Party was like, "Uh, no, we're not doing that. Sorry. Hard pass. We still want to be number one. They said in a statement from the New Hampshire Democrat Party, Granite staters appreciate and respect the responsibility of the over 100 year tradition of the first in the nation, New Hampshire primary. They understand New Hampshire has a special place in the history of American politics and their place in it. We look forward to continuing that tradition here next year and in the years to come. So, yeah, I added that last part, but I got the sense that that's what they wanted to do. In fact, Ray Buckley, who's the chair of the party in New Hampshire, he's also a former DNC vice chair. So we're talking about it at the national level. He said that this was a mind boggling move and that it was a self-inflicted wound that he thinks is going to hurt Joe Biden. Because this is a key general election battleground state. And both Joe Biden and the party said, we don't care about you. Granite staters. We don't like granite. We're moving away from that. We like tile composite and vinyl. That's what Biden said. Who likes vinyl? Vinyl. What, what do you want? It's eco friendly or something. Now, Democrat leaders for a long time have been criticizing New Hampshire and Iowa as being the first two states to get contests because basically they said, you guys are too white. These are not states that have demographics that are representative of the country, nor of the Democrat Party. And I don't even disagree with that criticism. It's certainly factually true. Demographic-wise, they're not reflective of the general country, not from a a racial demographics perspective. But that's the only reason the DNC wants to change things up. Literally, that's the only reason. They want to signal their support for black people by pretending that this is somehow meaningful to have it in South Carolina first while doing nothing to actually help black people. Their situations aren't any better thanks to Democrat policies, and that's why you've been starting to see a shift slowly, but you've been seeing a shift of black voters going towards Republicans. It in large part has to do with the candidate, and I'm not going to pretend it's been some monumental move. Latino votes going to Republicans have been pretty monumental, but not yet the black vote, but it's starting. Because more and more people realize, hey, you tell us you love our community, but you haven't really helped. In fact, I seem to remember under the Trump administration, that white supremacist you keep complaining about, our numbers were much higher. We were doing much better economically under Trump. Weird. I mean, I don't know how white supremacy works, but maybe maybe it's not what you tell me it is. Maybe you've been, I don't know, lying. kind of feels like you lie a lot. You tell us right now that Bidenomics is helping everybody, and yet I'm struggling. I'm looking at gas prices, grocery prices. It's not going too well. Now, the other issue here is that to comply, New Hampshire has to change their law. Their law mandates that it holds the first presidential primary a week ahead of any similar contest. And Republicans are in charge at the state level. They're in control of the governor's office and both the House and the state Senate. And so Democrats are definitely not going to be able to change this. And Republicans are holding their primary per law in New Hampshire. It's the first one. So they're not going to change anything. Rather remarkable that we're supposed to pretend that what Democrats are doing here is totally on the up and up. And then finally, Teen Vogue, aka uh, NBC News, or is it NBC News, aka Teen Vogue? I can't really tell anymore. They're at it again. There's an article written by Daniel Arkin, who doesn't appreciate how much of a clown he comes off as. And he tweeted New Tucker Carlson claimed without evidence. That the U.S. is, quote, speeding towards the assassination of Donald Trump. The comments are gaining traction with conspiracy theorists and right wing personalities, including Alex Jones and Dan Bongino. I caught this because Dan was just ripping into Daniel Arkin. It's an article that's based on a comment that was made by Tucker on Adam Carolla's podcast.
1: So if you begin... With criticism, then you go to protest, then you go to impeachment, now you go to indictment, and none of them work. What's next? I mean, let, you know, graph it out, man. We're speeding toward assassination, obviously, and no one will say that, but I don't I don't know how you can not reach that conclusion. You know what I mean? Like, they have decided, permanent Washington, both parties have decided that there's something about Trump that's, that's com- so threatening to them, they just can't have him.
0: So any normal human being listens to that and says he's giving his analysis. (laughs) I don't know if anyone said there is a credible threat that the assassination is happening tomorrow at noon. Very clearly was providing analysis. And it's based on how far Democrats have gone to try to stop Donald Trump from not just becoming the nominee, but becoming president. Like they're getting in the way every step of the way, trying to disqualify him from even appearing on ballots. And this is what this clown wrote in Teen Vogue or NBC News. Carlson did not provide any evidence for the assertion that Trump would be assassinated. The comments have been picked up by other media personalities on the far right, including conspiracy theorist Alex Jones and former Fox News host Dan Bongino, who now posts content on Rumble, an online video platform known for hosting far right personalities. I mean, he's a syndicated talk... Radio host and Rumble is not known for far-right anything. The comments also circulated on the pro-Trump internet forum Patriots.win. The most recent episode of Bongino's podcast is titled Speeding Towards Assassination. In the episode description published on the Apple podcast platform, he asserts without evidence that the, quote, plot to take out Trump is metastasizing. Are we, we're supposed to believe that, that it's that's not true? They're not trying to remove him from even consideration as the nominee? Were we pretending? Okay. Fine. Bongino's show is among the most popular on podcasts in Apple's rankings. So um, I suppose it's unfair to assume that unhinged rhetoric about Donald Trump being a fascist, an autocrat, someone who is a danger to this country and our democracy— does not result in an increased threat against him. Only unhinged comments by the right can increase the threat of political violence. Thank you. I didn't realize that NBC News slash Teen Vogue. one 800 for your text messages when we come back. Speaking of unhinged, Keith Olbermann is in the news. Oh, God. We're going to get into that when we return. Welcome back to the Jason Rancho. Thank you so much for tuning in. Keith Olbermann, that insufferable blowhard who can't keep a job because he's mentally unstable, allegedly. He got into a little bit of a Twitter war, an X war with Riley Gaines, who is much smarter than he will ever be and has more talent than he will ever have. And he decided to say that she sucked at swimming because she is on the side of... He's 78% of the country that believes men and women shouldn't compete against one another unless it's, uh, I don't know, voluntary, they choose, consensual. He called her a homophobe. He posted second team all conference. Happily for nasty, stupid, unsuccessful transphobe Riley Gaines, she has no reputation to ruin. So Gaines decided to respond in a video that she posted on X, highlighting how little Keith Olbermann knows, which, again, in fairness to Keith Olbermann, the bar is very low for him to to exceed. Like we already kind of know he's a dum dumb
1: SEC title uh, second in the country. This is my SEC Community Service Leader of the Year award, which actually got me a lot of money. Oh, another SEC title, uh, an NCAA trophy. Oh, look, SEC Scholar Athlete of the Year. Believe it or not, I'm pretty smart. Another SEC title, another NCAA trophy. Oh, that's when we won an SEC championship as a team. Some more SEC honors. Oh, look, another one. (laughs) That's when I broke the 200 butterfly record, uh, the SEC record, which I still hold, making me one of the fastest Americans of all time. And so, Keith, I would be really sad if I broke this trying to prove a point to an old man who can't even seem to keep a job. But sure. I've got more of these, so I'm not.
0: She broke one of them as she was collecting everything to, to throw in his face. Keith Olbermann is the epitome of a loser in all sense of the word. This is the guy who shouts at an empty park bench every day about The world is coming after him. He's the kind of guy who looks at a pigeon and says, there's a robot in that pigeon. That's who Keith Olbermann is. He seemed normal for, what, 12 seconds back in the early 2000s? When was he, ESPN? Yeah, somewhere around
1: then. You you would think with the ESPN background, he would understand the concept of sports accolades.
0: He doesn't. Apparently not. He's a lunatic who looks only at politics. He doesn't like Riley Gaines politics which, again, is represented by the vast majority of the country, according to every single poll, she is on the right side of this issue as determined by society. Not a small percentage, not barely over 50%, but between 70 and 80%. He's on the wrong side, but he's a bully, and this is all he knows how to do. He's a total bully. And the fact is they only win arguments when it comes to gender identity and gender extremism, when they bully people into silence or when they do their activism behind your back. That's what's been going on in schools for the longest time. And it's still happening. They're trying to convince your kids to not have open and honest relationships with you as a parent, to come to them When they have questions about their gender identity, a concept that they're putting into these kids' minds with the intent of confusing them, or at least the end effect is confusing them. Are you sure, Susie, you're a girl? How do you know? What if you're just playing into gendered stereotypes in this patriarchal world? Don't you like playing with that car over there? Yeah, I guess. Well, you must be named Tom now. We'll call you Tom. I'm Susie. Not anymore. I mean, are you sure you're really Susie? Who told you you're Susie? Your parents? The doctor who assigned you a gender at birth? And this poor seven-year-old kid is like, I don't know what you're talking about. Fine. Fine. My name is Tom. I'll wear jeans. I mean, I'm wearing jeans today, but I never liked wearing a dress anyway. It's never been my style. They're getting confused. If you're a kid, specifically if you're a gay kid, I can imagine you are getting confused as heck right now, right? You're going through the process of trying to find yourself and realize what your sexuality is, and you're like, maybe I, maybe I am a different gender. I'm attracted to other girls or other boys. I must mean that I'm the opposite gender. My teacher keeps telling me that. and She tells me to trust her. Don't worry. She keeps telling me to email her and make sure that I delete the emails after so my mom doesn't find out. That's not weird behavior. Well, no, actually, it is weird. Get away from me, Mr. Thompson. They've been doing this for a long time, and we're only really finding out about this in the last few years. How long before... It was going on Did we or before we found out how long was it going I, I don't know. The whole idea of gender identity to the extent that we're talking about it now is relatively new. We didn't have these conversations when I was in school. Right? I mean, even for you as a 28-year-old, when you were in high school, let's say, or or earlier, do you recall any of these conversations?
1: Definitely not like right? this.
0: No. Like Maybe it would come up, sort of, maybe, kind of infrequently, depending on where it is you live, I guess. But this never came up, like ever, period, when I was younger. one 800 for your text messages. Now this is the only thing that comes up. You're not a girl, you're a they. Oh, shut up. You're listening to The Jason Rancho on AM 770 KTTH.